I think we're just going to start riffing on it. Why are we doing this? Why, why are we doing another podcast? Well, what the world definitely needs is a couple more middle-aged white dudes talking <laughs> about tech nonsense, the web, you know, things like that. So why not? And, and, that's, and, and that's what, we, that's what we, we sort of talked about, right? We're not going to make this, God willing, another WordPress show, right? We're gonna, we're, we're, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna talk about WordPress today. Sadly, you heard it here uh, first. Uh, You're <laughs> not talking about WordPress except for today, but of course. And uh, you, you know, we, we've always, you know, we we've been doing podcasts for a while. We've always been talking about, hey, we should do a show together, and uh, you know, the culmination of uh, of of launching and, and and shutting down podcast after podcast on my side. I figured, you know what? Let's try it again. Let's, let's, let's launch and shut down another one. <laughs> let's if anyone knows how to shut down a podcast, it's me. Let's, so yeah, it's, I'm let's, glad let's to do be it here. again. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like you've been doing podcasting for years now. You've had a number of different shows. I have as well. And I think we obviously both have a passion for it. We've been on each other's shows a number of times on panels together. Um, so the next logical step is just to get together and start riffing and see what happens, right? So here we are. And we're calling it. What do we call it? We're calling it the Brad and Matt limited edition, totally unoriginal random show. Beta. That's what we've decided on. So those it are the really kind of ex- flows. Those like are the ca- kind of expectations folks should have if you're, as you listen to this right now. Is, that's the expectation we're setting here. It just kind of flows. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's an acronym there too. And I, I'm not, it's too early for me to figure out what that acronym is. But, <laughs> and it's probably not clever at all. But it's is what I see. Uh, when I put those all together, it's not even a word. But we'll, you know, I got to be honest. We're recording in the morning. This is nine a.m. my time. I don't think I've ever recorded a podcast this early. So this is um, yet uh, yet to be seen if if this works or not for me. I guess. Well, when you're an international podcaster like me, you're you're recording at all hours of the day. This is not okay, a first. Here this is we not go. A first for me. Um, let's talk. Let's give some updates. I mean, as we close down the season. Or excuse me, as we close down, closing out the season year, one's going, a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> we've already shut down the show. We've already shut down the show. As we go into the holiday season, closing out the year. I mean, what, what what's really got your focus right now? Do you sort of wind down at this time of year? Or do you, you, you know, get, um, well, I run pa- an agency. Paperwork in order. I run an agency for those not not aware, uh, focused on WordPress, you know, website development, design. Um, and so this is always a tricky time of the year because, yeah, you want to find that nice balance of uh, having work to do, but, you know, still knowing that, you know, myself and and my team obviously are going to, you know, want and deserve time off to spend with their family. So it's it's that delicate balance, right? You don't want to be too busy where everyone's slammed and people are trying to take, you know, take time off and, and they're struggling to do that because of the work. But you also want to make sure people have stuff to do, especially rolling into the new year. Cause once, you know, January 2nd, you know, it's time to hit the gas, right? 2019, yeah. which sounds freaking weird to say, but so, uh, and you know, cause you, you know, you ran an agency for a number of years, um, that it's, it's a, it's a fine balance and I don't think I've ever quite perfected it. And I don't know if anyone ever can, because it's impossible to, in a client services world to, you know, know everything and have everything defined down to the, you know, to the day or whatever worth of work. So that's, you know, it's a, it's the same old song and dance every year. Staying just busy enough to get through the holidays, but have plenty of time to spend with your family and friends and, and then just hit the new year hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, same, same thing with, with me now that I've been at Pagely for almost a year and a half. 
Uh, or actually, it's been that long two, already. Two, yeah, a year and a half. You're going on on two, I guess, in April, April, May. So about a year and a half. Uh, but same thing. I mean, you 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 have those customers that are just off the grid. You know, starting last week, and you won't hear from them until January. But then you have everyone else who's doing their budget crunching, and they're trying to get everything in by the end of the year. So a little bit of a give and take. Um, and, and and as you know, like it's you know, I I think our obviously our worlds collide. You're in the hosting you know industry. We're in the development industry, so we work closely together. Um, there are those clients that this is like their hot season, right? Obviously on the e-commerce side, certainly, but even beyond that, like we work with a lot of uh, consumer packaged good clients, and you know, this time of year, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, for recipes and for purchasing, you know, their food and and really promoting it is the biggest season of the year for them. So while right, 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 while right. we're trying to be like, hey, you know, let's all everybody, you know, calm down. It's like you know, foot on the gas for them. You know what I mean? So it's it it is an interesting time to see how different clients, different you know companies uh, handle this type this time of year. You know, do you have any personal goals that you were striving for over the year? I'll start mine first to give you a moment to think about it um for me anyway i i sort of define this thing of like i really wanted to press a lot on my youtube channel uh for the for the Marriport and do some just like one-off videos and and try my whole hand at being a youtuber again for like the fifth time uh <laughs> <laughs> every time i feel like I, I you know i i go through these every year i guess i i start these different chapters of creativity and and the Marriport channel specifically not just posting the, the podcast stuff but just creating original content for that was a was a challenge i set up for myself and i almost did it i almost did once a week i think i might have been at i might be at like you know 40 videos even right now um so almost once a week to do that and uh not seeing quite the same gains i saw with the plug and touch channel and this is just me thinking ahead here is that that might be something I revisit again going into the 2019 is to breathe life back into the to the tutorial channel because to be quite honest with you I haven't done anything on that channel and it has gained over the course of nearly two, a year and a half again of stopping publishing videos there almost 5,000 subscribers beyond the 2,000 I got when I was working it so like the strategy is the, subs I'm making like stop producing content <laughs> yeah I made more. I gained more followers or subscribers doing absolutely nothing on that channel, but it's evergreen content stuff that people are searching for. You can just get burnt out creating tutorials. Um, but I'm making like a couple hundred bucks a month off of ads. And I'm like, not bad. if I, I mean, I'm going on like three grand for the year in advertising doing nothing. <laughs> and I'm like, well, maybe if I just breathe a little bit of life back into this, I can, I can double that or I could triple it. So I don't know. That might be one of the side, goals. Side scratch. I mean, a few hundred bucks, even you know, that's great. I mean, that's you know, that's a that's a cable bill. That's your cell yeah. phone. You know. Um, yeah. So that, that 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 might be my goal. That was one goal I set for 2018. Not super satisfied with where it went, creating content over there, but might realign those goals in 2019 and just reinvest in in the platform I had started. You know, in 2017 as my goal. What about you? Yeah, goals are. Like setting, I, I really, I like New Year's resolutions, right? Like I like setting goals. I think it's good to kind of sit down, self-reflect. And, and obviously there's kind of the professional side, right? And then the personal side. And I think the, I think the personal is sometimes harder, um, to be honest, because yep. it's, it's harder in the sense of actually committing and sticking to it. Um, I think it's, everyone can come up with kind of high level goals of things they would like to do or what they want to strive for, but it's sticking with it that everyone has trouble. I set a few goals for myself, um, 
a couple years ago and I kind of reiterated it last year and there was, it was, it was three things. I try to keep it very basic and obtainable. Uh, my first one was blogging. I wanted to blog more. So I, I challenged myself with one blog post a week failed miserably. Like that's not that hard. And I still couldn't even do 52 blog posts like, like one a week. And by mid February I was already behind and then it just, you know, crashed and burned. Um, I I don't know. I've always enjoyed blogging, but for some reason in recent years, I've just very, I really struggled with it. I don't know why it's just the, the, the getting the juices going of topics that are interesting enough to me to write about. And, you know, I just, I just need to figure out how to jumpstart that. Cause I still do want to get back into that. Um, and I think I want to revisit that again this year is how can I, I feel like 52 blog posts is not, it's not a crazy goal. I'm not saying like one a day, like one a week, come on. Yeah. And I really don't want to push that to one a month. I feel like that's taking the easy road. Yeah. So we'll I always, see. I always feel like with content creation, it's like, uh, you know, you have, cause it's, it's, that's no different than, than the video stuff. I haven't blogged at all sort of just gave up on that and said, let me just, cause I just have no time to do blogging and videos and everything else I do. So I was just like, I'm just gonna stick to videos. And it's one of those things where there's, there's content that you create that you just beat yourself up over. You're like, this is a topic that I am going to just like dive in, write 5,000 words or do like a 30 minute video on. And you just like beat yourself up over it. And, and it just ends up be- being something that you're not happy with. And then quite frankly, the content that you just go out on a on a whim and start creating, much like this podcast, <laughs> the the content that it's you just like hugely successful. It's gonna you know it, it ends up just like taking off. It happens all the time with my videos. Yeah. There's it's when you overthink it, right? It just doesn't. It yeah, doesn't pan out. I, I have a perfect example of that, which is the first post I made, or maybe the second post I made in 2018. Um. Anyways, it was one of the first or second. The second post I made was the cheesesteak for scale post, which went absolutely viral for yeah. a couple of days. And I, I took my son, I, he's three now, but I measured him. I live in Philadelphia. I measured him using cheesesteaks for the first year, once a month. Um, and this was after his second birthday. I decided, you know what? I had all these pictures on social media. I was like, I want to just get them in one spot, right? Like I want the 12 pictures um, in one nice post just for posterity, I guess, to have it there. Um, I, I, you know, put it up on my blog. I threw it on the Philly subreddit because I thought it would be interesting. And then it just went like crazy. Like it went nationwide. Everybody was talking about it. And literally for like two days and then just nothing. Like just yeah. disappeared. But that was like completely unexpected. Was not even planned. This was for me, right? This wasn't for anybody else. It was for me to kind of, you know, archive that 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 fun thing that I do with my son. Um, and then it went absolutely insane. And then at that point, it was like it almost like let the air out of the balloon. I'm like, well, what do I do now? Like, how do I follow that up? You know what I mean? And I haven't actually made a blog post since because I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know what to put on there anymore because it's not, nothing's going to live up to that, you know? So I need to kind of reset my thinking, I think, in the new year. And Yeah. I, I've talked about it at length on, on my shows that I've just become so uh, just, just amazed by, or maybe not amazed is not the right word, but just so deep in looking at, like music artists and particularly the ones that that drive a lot of people crazy like a Kanye West right people who have these you know crazy like imaginative like fourth dimension stuff like he talks about yet he creates music constantly and that's still like he still looks at everything he does as art as no matter what people think of him or his music uh or his political stances, things like that. But it's just as an as a creator, as an artist, 
Like you just have to put stuff out and know that not everything, you have to be okay with, you know, putting your stuff out there and knowing that it's, it's not going to be a hit. Even like people like Post Malone, again, say what you will, but this guy is like, he like dogs on himself for using auto-tune, knows it, but still does it and realizes that millions. like, yeah, like this is my thing. Like I, I have to, yeah, I have to play the game to get where I need to be. And, uh, it's it's good and bad, I guess, for folks like you and I who maybe feel pressured to do this stuff ourselves. And yeah, I mean, I, I think there's definitely something to be said for putting yourself out there. And I think you know we've, you know, in our industry, like there's you know blogging and there's there's a lot of podcasting and videos that like you do, and and then you get into like events and like speaking and things like that. And there's this, um, you know, this that first step, I guess, of putting yourself out there and thinking, well, people are going to scrutinize this or, or someone's going to find something wrong with this, whatever it is that you're doing, or someone's going to say what I'm doing is stupid or my opinion was wrong or whatever. But, you know, I think you and I both have been doing this for a number of years now. So I think we've gotten past that where it's like you just you just put put it out there. You know what yeah. I mean? Just put it out there. And it is what it is. And at the end of the day, like, honestly, I, it's not people aren't going to scrutinize you like you think they are. You're, no one's right. going to scrutinize you more than yourself. Yeah, ever. No, no one cares because Game of Thrones comes out in April. So if you're, <laughs> yeah. if you're pressuring yourself to put out stuff in April, forget yeah. it because people aren't going to I was care. thinking about something very similar at the uh, – we had a, a, a local swimming uh, pool over the summer, and I'm sitting there. You know, you get to the pool, you get all your stuff down, you like take off your shirt, and I'm like white on white. You know what I mean? Like I just don't – I'm either white or like burnt. I don't tan well. And, and so every time, you know, the first time you get out of the pool, you're all thinking, oh, man, you know, what do I like? How do I look? People are looking at me and, you know, you're strutting around the pool, like kind of sucking your gut in a little bit. And, I, and then I started thinking, I'm like, you know what? Nobody gives a shit about what I look like. Like everybody's thinking the same thing about themselves. They're so concerned about what they look like. And I'm doing the exact same thing you know, yep. Yep. at the pool because you're not wearing a lot of clothes. And you're getting a little self-conscious. And then I kind of like reset my thought process and I'm like, nobody cares. Yeah. You know, so who cares? You know what I mean? Let's just have fun. And I think it's, it's, it's a similar, you know, similar situation. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's in today's, today's world of social, I mean, <clears throat> social and, and, and Instagram and, you know, there's just society keeping up with with everyone else. It's uh, I I don't know how I'm gonna weather that storm with my children, um, and uh, you know I I I just want to lead. I I would rather them be, you know, I, I'm gonna do things like give them cameras, give them you know creative things to do because I want them to be able to express themselves as as much as possible. Uh, but I don't know where that balance is. And, and I'm a little afraid for it. I don't have an answer for it, but just one of those things is, as you say, it's definitely a concern. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think anyone mind. with, you know, I have a, like I mentioned, I have a, a three-year-old as well. Um, and obviously they're at the age and your, your kids as well, where it's not a concern today, but in, you know, four five, six years when they start getting into grade school and, and moving up and growing older, um, it will be right. You got to kind of sit down and, and have those conversations of, what it means to put yourself out there and doing it in a way that is, you know, uh, as safe as it can be, I guess, um, not overexposing yourself or, or putting out sensitive stuff that might come back and haunt you down the road. Cause we didn't have to deal with that, you know? So, um, at least not to the extent that kids today can easily literally, you know, pull up an app on their phone and post anything online within seconds. Mm-hmm. That was not even a, didn't exist for us, you know? So thank God. <laughs> but, Speaking of putting yourself out there. Let's go Ooh, ahead. Are we transitioning? Yeah, is that let's, a, tra- let's, tran- a let's transition over to uh, the elephant in the room uh, to talk about some topical stuff. 
the old Gutenberg, the old release of WordPress 5.0. Supposed to be Are last we talking week. about WordPress. Supposed to be. <laughs> Are we celebrating? Did they launch? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Gutenberg's live. Zing. Wait, it's not live, zing. is it? Um, on the same on the same uh, line of regretting things that you might say or do, I did a video about Gutenberg uh, or about my fit, my feelings about. You just Gutenberg. dived in head first to that that conversation. And, and uh, you know, got got some pretty uh, obvious reactions, I think, from a lot of thoughts that people had. I mean, I got a lot of direct messages from people saying, "Hey, you know, these are all the same thoughts I had." Um, and, you know, just as a pushing through with sending out some of uh, the Gutenberg topics that I've been seeing, posted something. Uh, we're not doing show notes, by the way, everybody who's listening. So this is, we're, we're really just doing this MVP style. Now, you, right? you take your own notes. How about take, that? Take your own notes. Um, there's a Twitter thread uh, from an article that I posted, which I guess had some conspiracy theories, as Matt, would, Matt Mullenweg would call them. Uh, and that just triggered off uh, an amazing thread. Uh, I've never seen so many replies in my Twitter inbox before, um, and Cliff Seal being sort of one of the uh, champions of that discussion, sort of calling out Matt and saying, hey, look, this is not the way you've, you should be handling any of this stuff. Uh, and I've said it all along that this is not a personal thing against, it's against Matt. It's about the uh, transparency or lack thereof of where this project is going and why. And as we say all this stuff, and as that conversation is flowing, just yesterday, we're recording this on uh, the 28th of November, 27th of November, WP Tavern announced that uh, uh, the Jetpack's latest release is coming with all of the Gutenberg blocks that you know I've been talking about for a while, about a buy button, a form button. And these are things that will help users skip the line, use a phrase, they'll skip the line of having to go search for plugins. Uh, for these solutions and just be like, oh, hey, I can just drop this form block right in here. That's so easy. I can use this buy now button right here. It's so easy. And what I've been sort of saying is all of this stuff sort of chips away at the blue collar digital worker, uh, the small mom and pop uh, plug-in shop owner like myself, um, trying to put out some good software, support it, have some fancy features. But when Automatic puts Jetpack in the way, we're going to start to see that market share go in another direction. Um, there's just so much swirling around. I, you know, I would say just to, to get my, my thoughts on this show is, you know, look, it has nothing to do with Gutenberg itself. Uh, I know that WordPress is difficult to use for beginners. Uh, I'm just not happy with the, uh, with the communication and the direction it goes. I'm not a developer. There are developers who are way smarter than me looking at the code and looking at the structure and saying that this is not ready. We can't have a release cadence of two weeks at a time or every two weeks sprint, whatever they label it as. Um, to me, it's just like, if, if this is a product, let's just, let's just run it as a product, you know, and, and be honest about it. My thoughts. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the one thing that stands out to me about Gutenberg is I think Matt Mullenweg severely underestimated um, the overall project to get Gutenberg ready to ship, right? And I think... And I say that because the original um, date, I believe, at WordCamp last year, or the original time frame that it, they were talking about releasing WordPress 5.0 with Gutenberg was in the spring of this year. Uh, I don't think it was a specific date, but I believe spring was mentioned. So, you know, here we are um, almost at the end of the year, and everyone's pushing hard to get it out the door. So, you know, eight months later, um, it's still not live. And I think by 
announcing that it's going to absolutely be shipped in WordPress 5.0. It kind of backed the whole project into a corner of we got to get this thing out the door because we've already committed to it being in this you know 5.0 nice round release number. Um, I, I really feel like if they hadn't kind of committed to that and just kept running the project, building Gutenberg as a uh, feature plugin, you know, in parallel with WordPress, and maybe we'd be looking at 5.2, 5.3 or something like that, I think a lot of this concern would be gone because it wouldn't have that kind of pressure to get this thing out the door because it's holding up everything else, you right, know? Right, um, I One thing that you, you mentioned on a show we did a while ago um, I think it was a podcast we were on, but it really stuck with me is that it, it is, at, I mean, it's more true today than ever. And it's obvious is that Gutenberg is dominating the com- conversation mm-hmm. of WordPress. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately that's gonna, that's hurting the project. It's all anyone is talking about and thinking about and, and, and for good reason, because it's so, it's such a big thing getting, you know, uh, rolled into WordPress core, but it's, it's been doing that for how long now, a year plus where it's like the main, it's the only thing anyone's talking about, mm. you know? So I, I do feel like on some level that is actually hurting the project because we've been, you know, obsessed with Gutenberg for so long. What are we not talking about or looking at that we should be or should have been earlier this year, you know? So yeah, I, I, I'm of the same camp. Like I like Gutenberg. I think I, I get the, the vision. I get the, you know, improving the experience. I just don't like how it's being kind of rushed. And I feel like that is what the, the, at least what I'm seeing a lot of the, the vocal, it seems majority even, is actually saying it's it's not that they don't like Gutenberg. It's they don't like how they're kind of rushing it in, knowing that hey, we're going to launch this with a hundred plus known bugs. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I, you know the the other thing too is none of this stuff. There, there's no. Well, let me take a step back. If you, if you sort of put, and I mentioned this in my video, if you put you know Matt and Mark Zuckerberg on the same block, these are the only products that they know. Right. This is the only, probably relatively the same age, if not the same age. Um, Facebook is his, is Mark's baby. WordPress is Matt's baby. They don't know anything else. It's not like you and I running an agency. We sell off an agency. We go into a new business, and we've taken all these lessons we've learned uh, from running a business uh, for X amount of years, and then applying those failures, which are the most important pieces of this, like community division and uh, negative reviews and people just not being happy, they, they don't, there's no past history. Not to say that, you know, I'm, I'm generalizing this, but there's a lot of, of history that they don't know. And that none of us know. This is all brand new. And I think Matt just sort of, you know, grabbing the flag and running down the field with it is, is, a na- is, is naive to... Uh, to the project. And, and, and maybe all of the dust settles and this is fine, but I think the, the way it's being handled is um, we, we've got somebody who, who only knows this product, has never had this kind, of, this kind of kickback before, and maybe that's what we need. Within this chaos, there's something better that happens. Like I think there'll be opportunity for us once Gutenberg matures, but here's, what's, here's, here's how it's going to play out, hopefully. In this thread that he had with us on, on Twitter, he said, well, I think what I'm going to try to do is have these open office hours so people can can feel like they're being heard. Well, that's great. Okay. That's at least one step in the right direction, I guess. But when you say like you want people to feel like they're being heard, so it's a big difference as our friend of the show Morton chimed in with, there's a big difference between feeling like we're heard and actually being heard, right? And getting things done. Um, I, you know, there'll be this big PR play maybe where it's like, okay, well, 
maybe I'll go down to, I'll, I'll reach down to the boots on the ground, the people uh, like you and I who are developing WordPress sites or supporting WordPress sites and, and really get their, their insights. Um, I feel like it'll be a little too little too late, but you know, that'll probably be the next play. But all of this is pushing to, you know, a couple of years ago, I wrote uh, about how it was going to be the appification of WordPress, right? Where you are going to experience WordPress through Calypso and there'd just be this integrated, uh, this integrated uh, UI and this, the way that you experience WordPress will now be this closed source experience that only automatic dictates. Um, sort of still leading in that right in that same direction, but now I'm calling it the sassification of WordPress, where WordPress self-hosted is going to be treated as a SaaS product through Jetpack and Gutenberg, right? If you'd imagine your typical SaaS business, CartHook, ConvertKit, MailChimp, all of these businesses have the luxury of measuring the interactions that users have with certain features and with screens and all this stuff. Uh, you don't get that on a self-hosted WordPress install, right? You, it, WordPress cannot measure that. Matt cannot measure that until now, I think, with, when you start to combine what most people are doing, which is editing a page or building a website, when you're in that container of that focus, you can just drag those jetpack blocks in there. And as, you, as you're building your site and editing your blog post, because that's 90% of what people do, you see this little upsell. You go, oh, this is a cool little block I can buy from Jetpack. And oh, by the way, I have to buy the annual you know, license of Jetpack or annual plan of Jetpack for 59 bucks. And oh, by the way, I can maybe even port this site to WordPress.com in the future and get, you know, hosting for 169 bucks a year with backups and security and jetpack and all these blocks that I want. To me, that's the direction we're going. In a year's time, we'll see WordPress.com, WordPress Premium, and then WordPress Free or Community Version. I think those are the three prongs that we'll see in about a year to a year and a half. Might not be those exact labels, might be not as defined as that, but I think that's the direction we're headed. Yeah, that's a lot to unpack, Mr. Matt. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I do that a lot. <laughs> I, I I don't think you're. I mean, I I think it's a it's a pretty you know pretty spot on prediction. I don't think it's I don't think it's too far fetched. And we're and like you said, we're already starting to see some of that um, uh, a little bit, even with the release of the updated Jetpack. What was it yesterday or the day before? Like you said, with some of those blocks built in. Um, you know, I, at the end of the day, automatic is a is a company that um, needs to make money, right? Mm -hmm. Like all companies out there, um, they're a big company and they're a major part of WordPress, uh, and they always will be. I can't, I can't envision a world where Automatic is not involved in WordPress, um, at least the the primary product of WordPress. So, um, you know, I think we just had to keep that in mind that you know, at the end of the day, I, I do feel like, as a whole, Matt and Automatic are one to do right by WordPress and by the community and by the project. Yeah. But I also know there's a bottom line, mm -hmm. and they have investors, and they have people they have to answer to, um, and they need to make money. Um, so everything, a lot of the things they're doing, you always have to keep that in the back of your mind. Like, is the Gutenberg push because we want the world to have a better you know, publishing, editing experience? It, or is it because it opens up some more premium, you know, some of the more premium components that you were talking about? Or right. is it maybe a mixture of both, which is probably more the reality, right? Here's our vision. And then here's how we're going to kind of monetize that vision in parallel, right? So, and I think, you know, I think that's also what rubs people wrong a lot of the time is, is that kind of, um, 
it's not really a conflict of interest, but you know, it could be seen as, I guess it could be seen as that, right? Like, are mm-hmm. they making decisions for the project because of things they know behind the scenes from a more premium or, or profitability standpoint that, that, you know, we're not aware of. And obviously if you have hundreds of developers, um, you know, on your team, you're going to be able to build and iterate way faster than, like you said, a smaller, a smaller software shop. Usually most of these premium plugin companies are, are a handful of people, you know, they're four or five, six people, you know, they're not big. Um, automatic and swallow those, those companies up. No problem. Yeah. And, and, and I said this in the, in the video is it's, it's things that Matt doesn't say is what you really have to pay attention to. Right. Uh, He's definitely got a great political candor about him when he talks, you know, at, at word camps or when he's on interviews. Uh, and but what you have to pay attention to is the things that he's not saying. What are the things that, you know, he's either skirting around or not outright denying that he's that he's doing? And again, I I know it comes off as like this, uh, like a, like it might even be like I'm attacking him. It's not because I understand the position that he's in, but he's not saying the position that he's in. And it's like, if you were just honest with us and you ran this like a product, like any other product company would. And that's the thing, like, there's, there's a lot to talk, there's like, there's so much stuff. I think people who are very vocal about this are product owners uh, as well. So folks like you and I and, and Pippin and, and Carl Hancock and like all these people who uh, criticize the, the rollout of this, they're all product people. And generally, product people are, who have started organically start organically, bootstrap. They don't have an audience. They don't have a customer base. There's nothing they can do but put out a product and absorb customer feedback and say, how do you want me to make this better? That doesn't happen. This is the inverse with Automatic. Automatic has a customer base, a massive customer base, arguably the biggest customer base that any SaaS company might have, 30% of the web, theoretically. And they're rolling out a product right now. And it's not the same way. People like us can't wrap our heads around it because we're like, when you're rolling out a product, you're, you're inviting customer feedback, but that's not happening. I don't know any other company that does this other than like Apple, <laughs> right? Where it's like, this is what you need yeah. and this is what you're going to get. You're you are not getting an auxiliary jack. Right. And it's right. good for you. Right. And at the same time, <laughs> the other thing that, that grinds my gears is, look, we are lucky enough to be able to go to a WordCamp see Matt on stage or tweet to him and have him react. That's not good. I, I can't go to, you know, a conference and see Tim Cook and be like, iOS sucks, right? <laughs> like, this version of iOS is terrible, right? I, I don't have that kind of communication and, and no one does. And maybe arguably any other piece of major software that you use, you don't get direct access to a team that's actually building it and, 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 the, and the lead person behind it. So, you know, for those of us who are going way out of whack, like let's rein ourselves in here and you know have some courtesy. Like you know we don't have to go nuts. Let's have some dialogue, uh, but be appreciative of the fact that it is an open source movement. On the flip side, Matt and everyone else don't abuse an open source. Right? Don't 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 ask for this five for the future, but not really care if we're you know directing this. It's just hey, I want people to contribute because. I want more code. Like let's, let, let's, let's all try to figure this stuff out. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I think it, for me, it really comes back to first impressions. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, you look at WordPress and it's been popular for how many years now it's, it's no longer this little, you know, new baby or, or whatever. It's 15 plus years old now. 
Um, first impressions mean a lot. So if you have a platform that powers over 30% of the web and you roll out a feature that is buggy or the UX is, is confusing and users just don't understand it and they don't know why it's there and they don't get it, they're going to start looking at alternatives. And honestly, what we're seeing on the agency side is since WordPress has been popular for a while now, most of the larger companies that have any interest in WordPress have already probably done something with WordPress, mm-hmm. right? They've either rolled out a site to test it out. Maybe they've even migrated their primary sites over to WordPress. And now they're you know in that area where it's like, are we sticking with it? Are we going to try something else? It's been a few years. It's time for a refresh. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's it's that first impression is what concerns me the most because if it does roll out and it's just not a solid product, I think people are going to really start to question the project and if it's what if it's the platform that they want to actually stay on or not and that as an agency owner does concern me i just want to make sure whatever we're rolling out is as solid as it can be we've seen enough of the bs you know security articles about how wordpress is insecure when it actually has nothing to do with wordpress right, right. someone hacked linkedin and then logged into wordpress and <laughs> wordpress is insecure you know what i mean like yeah. we've seen enough of that crap yeah. and, and the last thing i want to see is a bunch of oh this new feature of wordpress is garbage you know, switch over to Expression Engine that just went open source or whatever, you know, so. Yeah. Hey, smart move. I mean, I remember as a, as a side topic here, well, hey, it's a random show. We, we can talk about whatever we want. Yeah, on this yeah show. as random as we want. Uh, Expression Engine, I remember them from years ago. I remember buying the license when I first started with WordPress uh, at the company I was an employee at, you know, like 12 years ago. Um, I, I think that's a smart move. Right, because I think you're you're going to absolutely get alternative people looking for alternatives to WordPress. I've always looked at Expression Engine as a great alternative, uh, and a shining example of uh, a a company that's been able to weather that storm and, and not become a Squarespace and a Wix. Uh, these massive, uh, actually, I shouldn't even say I don't know how big Expression Engine is in terms of like revenue and, and user base, but I just know it from looking at it literally over a decade ago and knowing that it's still alive. And that's that's something, <laughs> you know, that's something. Yeah, I mean, WP Engine put an article out that's saying from uh, W3Techs in terms of CMSs they can detect, it's powering about 0.3%. And that's obviously, they just went open source. This is all people running on the proprietary side of it, which is which is a nothing, nothing burger, right? Right, so, right. You know, they know. And <laughs> yeah. he said it in his post, like open source is one. He's like, we have to, this is the direction we have to go if we want to get any type of market share because 0.3% is not, apparently not what they were going for. So I'm sure, I'm sure 0.3 makes, expression engine I'm sure, a while. I'm sure 0.3 of CMS installs makes a nice business though. Yeah. If it's all proprietary, because <laughs> yeah. it, it was all paid, right? Yeah. So right. you're right. It does. Um, but it looks like they want to get bigger. Um, and it, it, it's a cool post to read actually the, what the, uh, I think it was a CEO or founder of Express Engine put out and, uh, and Rick Ellis and uh, correct me if I'm wrong if I'm wrong but the history of WordPress that's that's why Matt started it right because was it Movable Type that went closed source or Blogger or whatever Blogger acquired yeah Movable uh, Movable Type I think was the they changed up their licensing yeah and lost a ton of users I don't know if that's why WordPress started but that was what brought a lot of people to WordPress early on yeah and and listen the to, licensing change yeah I listened to a recent episode of um, David Wamsley, Wamsley's podcast WP builds where he interviewed Matt and Matt talked about luck uh, and how that was a you know a striking point of luck where hey there was just a, this massive shift of people looking for an open source alternative and you know they just happened to be the ones you know doing it at the time so 
you know, good, it's good, true. good I mean, life for expression. People are looking engine. to redo their site. That's what they're they're gonna look and say: Is this? Do we still want to be on this platform? Do we still like this platform? Yes, no. If they're having problems and they don't enjoy it, or something catastrophic happened, they're gonna get serious about looking at other platforms. Have you guys been dabbling with anything else? Uh, the whole what's the hot one now? Is it like Laravel framework and all this stuff? Uh, no, I mean, you know, we're always keeping our ear to the ground and kind of seeing what's out there. And, you know, prior to being a hundred percent WordPress, we did do a lot of just pretty much anything open source. We would work on Drupal, Joomla, uh, Magento, Zencart even. Um, but you know, since word since we went all WordPress now, we haven't. That's pretty much what we stick with. So um, we're always looking, you know. And if there's a huge shift, like we, you have to be ahead of it. Right. Anything in technology, if you're not, if you're not getting ahead of it, you'll get passed yeah. um, quickly, and it w- will not end well. So we're always keeping our eyes out. But yeah, I mean, WordPress is still our our bread and butter. Got a plug in for Pagely. We got Northstack coming 2019. Uh, check it out at northstack.com. That uh, will be starting to explore other things. Uh, well, static hosting for one, but we can do Laravel node uh, and we'll start to expand the breadth of hosting capabilities that we have. So uh, interesting times, I guess, for everybody. One thing that is kind of popping up more is, is kind of this full circle of building a site with something like WordPress, but then converting it to static. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. using something like Jekyll, um, which is like literally we've gone full circle at the web, but there's nothing. You cannot build a faster site than a static site, like a site with no database will absolutely be the fastest site you can build. And I think that's what a lot of, you know, these marketing sites, these, you know, 10 pager sites they don't need a full-blown, you know, WordPress. They just build it out with WordPress, convert it over with Jekyll, launch it as static HTML, and away they go. And I think it's a really interesting concept, and I honestly think we'll probably start seeing more of it. It doesn't mean they can't make changes. They just have to rebuild their site and deploy the files. But it's it's definitely a uh, – it's 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 just funny because I feel like we're, we're right back. We're kind of heading back to where we started, you know, 15 years ago with just – you know, Adobe page mill or something, pushing up .html files. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what, what's the term, right? There's, there's that whole scientific theory, right? Where everything just sort of, uh, you know, starts at one point, gets really big, then circles right back around again, like screens, like monitors, right? Uh, back in the day, we only had like 15-inch monitors. And then when the 17 inches came out, we were like, oh, my God. And then 19s came out. Oh, my God. And then we, here we are in 2018, and we're like, look, it's on our Apple Watch, like this one-by-one screen. And we're like, oh, look at this. This is awesome. It's just like, where, why, we just keep going in this, like, circles let's we'll see if phones do that because they went you know they were big and then they got really really small and then what's the joke that once people figure out you could watch porn on phones they started the screen started getting a lot bigger <laughs> yes yeah, and now it's like the phones are really big so you know in five years they're gonna start getting small again i, I hope so i you know it'd be how, interesting to see how many porn sites how many porn sites run wordpress that'd be interesting to figure out that's a stat for you um i've never seen you know, any porn it's crazy agencies. like I've seen, I remember, this was a few years back, but I remember watching like uh, the news and they were talking about some terrorist organization and they showed their website. And I'm like, that's freaking WordPress because I recognize the theme. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that terrorist organization is running an open source project. It's awful. Oh, man. All right. As we wrap this bad boy up, we'll, sk- we'll get out of the whole WordPress talk. Anything that's, uh, that's exciting you outside of this space? Anything? Anything going on that you've, that's, you've really... Speaking of space, space excites me. I mean, did you happen to catch the the Mars landing the other day? I saw some of the screenshots, uh, or excuse me, the the, the photos that they've shared. It's pretty cool. I mean, just, you know, I I, I don't know, something about, you know, 
rockets and and landing you know robots on other planets is just i mean if you're a geek does it get any geekier than putting a robot <laughs> on another planet like that's a, just blows my mind that we're able to do that and it was pretty neat to to watch the live stream of the control room and then see you know uh, i think what really blew my mind is how quickly they were able to push pictures back they had a picture within a matter of minutes yeah that's pretty um insane. of of the first shot and i i think there's about an 8 minute delay they said or so of, of being able to transmit imagery which is which is mind-blowing considering it took like six months to get there um you know so it, it's pretty neat that 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 seems by by and large that it was a successful landing for insight and um now they're going to start digging and uh monitoring some seismic activity there's actually a an arm on this thing first time they've ever used like a robotic arm uh for for a robot like this on another planet and it's actually able to dig 16 feet deep, which is pretty amazing, too. Just think of a robot that's essentially able to build its own kind of drill. And we're drilling into, you know, we're going to drill into another planet. So, What's the deal with the other rover that's there? Is, is that one offline? Well, or one of them, I believe, is still going. Okay. Um, I always forget which one's going, but one of them, I believe, is still going. Um, though, though, those robots are basically meant to kind of move around, um, explore as much as possible, look for life or signs of life this robot is not meant to move it's meant to stay right where it's at and then oh, it's right. got two two main objectives one is the to understand kind of how mars and the planets were formed by drilling so getting into the, the you know the drill down into the, the soil or whatever it is dirt i don't know um, and the other one is tectonic activity so it can it can monitor any type of like movement on the ground hmm. um, whether it's a massive like earthquake or even if it's just a little Apparently, it's really sensitive. Um, so basically, just figure out how it was formed, which can help us understand how Earth was created as well. So um, pretty neat. You know, it's cool to see that type of stuff. It's cool to see, like, um, the younger generation, I think, getting excited about space again yeah. with, you know, with NASA doing stuff like this, with SpaceX, with some of the other cool stuff going on. Um, and it's only going to get, you know, more intense. You know, they're talking about sending people to to mars as early as like 2023 i think um or 2024 which is almost five years it's not that far so it's pretty nuts it's been fun to watch that i got no real articles it's just i'm i'm diving deep as you can probably hear my alexa that's far i just got an alexa i got i got a an alexa dot or echo dot i'm sorry i got an alexa an echo dot uh, it happened to come with my uh, ring security spotlight that i bought during black friday and uh i've been going through this whole like i've had ring uh security cameras uh set up on the corners of my house and then i they had the uh the spotlight on sale for buck 89 and it came with a free echo dot so now i'm i'm setting up this whole like you know home automation stuff starting to go down the rabbit hole of now i'm looking at like wireless uh, thermostats (laughs) That I can tell Alexa to change the temperature. So fun. Uh, and then you get into like ift, you know, do some recipes. Like I, one of the best, one of the fun things I do this time of year is I hook up our entire tree lights and everything. I have a Wemo into the plugs and then I name it Christmas. So I can literally say, Alexa, turn on Christmas and <laughs> like the tree comes on and all the lights. And I just need to hook in uh, to get it to start playing Christmas music when I do that. Uh, but it's, it's, it's kind of fun. Um, I, I really geek out on that home automation stuff. So what do you have, um, what else do you have? I'm thinking about getting the August I have like, smart locks too. I have like four Alexas. I actually just got the cube. I forget. I keep forgetting what they call it. TV cube. Mm-hmm. So it's like an Alexa. Um, but it's meant to, 
power your TV so you can turn your TV on and off, volume up and down, change your channel, you know. Um, so you just be like, Alexa, watch whatever show on Netflix and it fires right up. Um, but then I, I think that what you'll quickly probably realize is there's just this disconnect between trying to get all your devices to talk, mm-hmm. right? It's it's a lot of like ift where you kind of got to patch things together and get kind of creative. Like the uh, the shopping list is really cool, but I didn't want to use uh, Amazon's app for that. So we use Wonderlist, right? Yep. So I found a way that um, this little hack where you can basically when you add something to your list, it sends an email to Wonderlist. <laughs> And adds it to that list. And it works. But I'm like, behind the scenes, I'm like, that just feels so, like, 10 years ago. It's like actually just sending off an email to add things to my list. Right. Um, right. So little things like that. There's always workarounds. It just feels like it would be nice if, if, if devices uh, talked directly to each other a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we'll get there. It's, you know, it's this stuff has really taken off. So. Do you have any smart locks um, on your doors? Um, no, I don't have any smart locks. I have lights. I have, uh, I have the hue lights, which are cool. They turn different colors and yeah. stuff. I actually set that up during that. You'll love this during the Super Bowl, which the <laughs> Eagles won beat the Patriots. If, if you remember that game. Um, and every time the Eagles scored, my lights would turn green and start flashing. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a, it was like 10 minute delayed. So it was really kind of stupid, but, um, you know, silly stuff like that's fun. That's, that's the rabbit hole I'm going down. All right, man. So listen, I think this is a pretty good first episode. Good first episode. We so for um, folks who are listening, we we, I, we don't even know where we're uploading this yet. <laughs> I, I think we're going to use Anchor, and for those of you who are WordPress purists like us, and I'm, I'm using CastOS for my shows, and um, you know, I think we're going to use Anchor because it's going to be the fastest way for us to get this out and even see if people like this. But if you like it, let us know. Tweet to us. No. Track us on Twitter. Would probably be the easiest way to track where the shows how or when our release comes out and when uh, new episodes are available, at least for the short term. I'm at uh, Twitter Williams B A at Matt Madeiras. All right, brother. We're gonna we're gonna stop it here. See everybody in the next show. Random, random episode on a random day and time. See you.